Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, podcast listeners. It's Charlie coming to you from the future. Uh, you'll notice in this interview, we recorded this over a month in advance. Often we are recording these things far in advance because we're trying to be ahead of things and because I'm having a baby. Um, but that means we didn't get to congratulate Michael McElroy on becoming the chair of Michigan's Department of Musical Theater. That news officially broke um, I think it was just last week. Uh, Michael is a friend of MTCA. He's taught master classes for us. Uh, and we are really excited to see some of the new directions he leads Michigan in, which Mark and I talked about in the interview. Um, and I could tell Mark was, he really wanted to tell us because he knew, but it wasn't yet official news. So he wouldn't drop that tea in the pod. We will break some tea in this pod eventually, but not that specific tea, even though it's kind of being post broken in this moment in the future. Um, I also just wanted to take a quick moment to just thank all of you, the listeners. Um, we've just been recording and recording and Megan and I have been trying to make tweaks and improve things and figure out what we're doing. Um, and we just haven't really gotten a chance to say thank you. For those of you who've rated and reviewed us, huge thank you. Those of you who've written us with positive feedback, my friends who've texted me with mean feedback, I appreciate that as well. Um, it's been really lovely for Megan and me to get to see this podcast reach so many people. I think the craziest thing that I didn't necessarily expect was listeners all over the world. Um, we have listeners in Canada, Sweden, the UK, Chile, France, Japan, Ireland, the Netherlands, Singapore, Mexico, the Cayman Islands, India, Brazil, and Argentina. All of that was like, we looked at that list and went, oh my God, this is so cool to be reaching all over the world. Of course, as well as all over the United States. Um, so this has been really a labor of love for me and Megan, and we're so proud to bring this podcast to you. Okay, back to the past, about a month ago, and a really fun conversation with Mark Madama. Hello, hello, and welcome to Mapping the College Audition, a podcast where we explore the landscape of the college theater world and try to demystify this daunting audition process. I'm your host, Charlie Murphy, director of MTCA, Musical Theater College Auditions, and today we have a really fun show lined up for you. Um, Mark Madama is a professor at the University of Michigan and one of our OG masterclass teachers. He's been with us, we looked it up, for over eight years. Uh, Mark is a really amazing and intelligent educator, and I think you're going to get a lot of that just from hearing him speak um, about the process. Uh, this is another one of our college deep dives where you're going to get a snackable audio tour into some various great theater programs around the country. Today, we talked about academics at Michigan, uh, Michigan's legacy in the business, the classic college experience, what it is to be yourself, the value of a full life outside of the theater, and we warned you that social media is not a playground. Next up, we have Anne L. Nathan of many Broadway shows and one of our most experienced and revered MTCA song coaches. So that'll be a really fun interview with Anne. She's a hoot, as we say. Uh, but let's get to the interview with Mark. Awesome. Well, today we are here with Mark Madama. Uh, Mark has a BA from Montclair State University. He's a director, a writer, and an actor. Uh, he's one of the resident directors at Music Theater Wichita for over 20 years. Uh, he's also worked regionally at theaters all over the country. He's directed, he's written two musicals that have toured nationally, internationally, and he's been at the University of Michigan since 2000. 
Um, Mark is also an OG MTCA masterclass person. I think it's about eight years ago that you taught your first class with us. Yeah. Um, so it's such an honor to have you on the pod today. Mark, how are you doing? Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. It's good to see you. Nice to be here. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Michigan. Many of you may have heard of it. Um, it's in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, they take a class size of about 20 to 22 students, and they offer degrees in a BFA in musical theater, a BFA in dance, BFA in acting, a BTA in theater, as well as lots of other minors and BFAs and different ways you can study theater at Michigan. Um, Mark, I'd love to start off with, um, why don't you tell me a little bit about how you found your way to Michigan? Um, well, I did I did graduate from Montclair State, but I graduated as a sociology major. After I was um, after I got out of school, I, st- I started thinking, well, you know what, theater may be a little bit more fun, maybe where my passion was lying. So I started taking some classes and um, in New York and found myself getting opportunities right away. found myself getting jobs in New York City where I could learn on the job. And that was an invaluable experience, Um, learning on soap operas, learning on film sets, learning doing theater. Uh, From there, I went off and I I did a national tour of a show called Tintypes, which was a show from the 1990s, 80s. My gosh. And uh, 80s. No, you, you look too young for that. Oh that doesn't seem possible. And while I was uh, while I was doing that, I had an opportunity to direct a production of Tintypes and jumped on that opportunity. Hmm. And from that, I got a lot of recognition from different places that that played international competitions that I won. Uh, many theaters were doing that show at the time, got an introduction to directing and just stayed right in that directing realm for for 20 years. And after those 20 years, I found an opportunity that somebody had left the University of Michigan and they needed an immediate replacement. And they called me right away to see if I would fill in for one term and thought, teach, hmm, I haven't really done that. And, but said yes. And the same way with acting, same way with directing, same way with teaching, just say yes. Once you've said yes, then you can figure it out. And so I went to the University of Michigan for basically one year to be able to direct a production of Assassins and to teach a couple classes. And that was in the year 2000. And now I'm finishing, I just finished my 21st year there and couldn't be happier and um, never felt like I wanted to ever leave. I feel like even just in our first couple episodes, we've heard two themes that have come up. That a couple of times we've heard people talking about just saying yes, jumping in, you know, in different ways, especially those professorship jobs. And also the number of times people have told us that they, you know, said, I'll just come on for six months. I'll come on to sub a class. I'll come. And then all of a sudden they end up being chair of the program, however many years later, you know, right. that kind of thing. Very cool. Um, I'd love to turn a little bit to uh, Michigan in terms of, um, in brief, and I know it's not easy always um, to sort of sum up your school, but what do you feel like it means to be a Michigan musical theater student? Wow, that is that is hard. I mean, it means that you um, have gotten into a, a program that is going to challenge you. It means that you've gotten into a program that you're going to be surrounded by other high achievers and are going to be and going to be um, pushed by those students also. It means that you've entered into a legacy of performers, of directors, of choreographers, of casting directors, of people that are already in the business that have been coming out of Michigan for many, many, many years now. Mm -hmm. And 
and you carry with you that pride, you carry with you that um, energy, and you carry, you become part of a family, part of an association. When you when you become a Michigan Wolverine, um, mm-hmm. it means that you're going to be entering into a program where you have you're surrounded by both academics and by professionals Mm. and that's really important they're both really important neither one should be without the other it's the academics that keep us on track and it's the professionals that keep on moving everybody forward into new ideas especially thinking about a lot of the MTCA students who've chosen Michigan, often you're going to hear both of those things really highlighted. Academics is really important to them and that sense of the legacy and, and the, the pride of what they, you know, of a school that has legs and, and a reputation in the business in a real way. Now, going to the University of Michigan, it's ranked in the top five schools internationally for, publicly, uh, for public, uh, public education. And so when you come out in the United States, also it's ranked in the top five schools for public education. So when you're coming out of the University of Michigan, wherever you decide that you want to go with your life, and not everybody is going to want to be a musical theater performer forever. Mm-hmm. They're going to decide that they've done their Broadway show, that they've created their dream, they realized their dream, they lived out their dream, and now they have other dreams. And one of the things about having a University of Michigan degree is that it enables you with great help to be able to go on to get an um, MBA, to get, a, to get a, a therapist degree, to become a lawyer, to become a teacher, whatever that is, you have a nice foundation with a school that has a, a terrific academic reputation. And I think that's really rare in, in a competitive musical theater school. Not, not all of the competitive musical theater schools have that uh, um, academic reputation. Um, I'd love, especially if we talk specifically about the musical theater training uh, part of Michigan, um, I'd love to hear a little bit about if you're going to be spending four years at your school, how are you going to come out changed? So if I show up as a freshman, how am I going to be different as I'm graduating as a senior having gone to Michigan? Yeah, really interesting you should ask that question because we just finished our sophomore conferences and we spoke to every sophomore at the end of their sophomore year to see where they are, to see what um, we want them to develop more as far as their skills and how to use their last mm-hmm. years of, of education at Michigan. And something that came up often is that when you enter into college, you are still basically a teenager, a child. Mm-hmm. When you leave Michigan, you're 22 and you've entered into adulthood. Many of the Michigan students were praised endlessly about how cute they were when they were (laughs) in high school and in grammar school and they could get away with a lot because grandma and grandpa would just applaud for them no matter what and all your friends would be so proud of you. But when you're going to finish that sophomore year, you are making a very unique transition. And that transition is bringing you from that adolescence into into really being looked at as an adult. As a professional, and along with that, you can no longer resort on those tricks that you use so much when you were when you were younger. So mm-hmm. the idea always is that in the progression of your classes, we will be adding in and adding in and adding in technique, so that you can drop away all the 
things that you used to depend on and add them, and they're always going to be there, but be able to have a foundation of technique behind it and be able to perform eight shows a week and to be able to perform as an adult. Totally. Um, if let's say a student was lucky enough to get into a bunch of really exciting schools for them, why do you think a student might not choose your school? If they got a bunch of great options, why could you see them saying, I'm going to say no to Michigan? I can't. <laughs> that is a wonderful and honest answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is seldom. I will, I will be very truthful about that. Um, but, you know, I think that any student that does, get it, that does get accepted into universities needs to go and visit that university after they've been accepted, needs to go and be able to look at the curriculum, needs to go and be able to um, experience the classes, experience the other students, mm-hmm. experience the environment. Some students are really not interested in continuing academic work. They've been doing it for many, 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 many years. And at this point, they're just done. And they just say, I just want to be able to go from being able to do six pirouettes to 12. And I want to go to a conservatory where all I'm going to do is sing and dance all day. Mm-hmm. And that wouldn't be a, a Michigan fit. Mm-hmm. Because along with that, you are going to be doing many, many, many hours of singing, dancing, and acting. But you're also going to be doing many, many hours of history, writing, mm-hmm. you know, um, foreign language, your academic electives. All of those are going to be part of it also. And for me, that's the reason for college. Mm. That's, that's, that's a personal view, but that's the reason that I would love to see anybody go to college is to get that academic experience so that as an actor, they will have the technique to do what they need to do, but they will also have the intellect to be able to pull on history. You know, I always use the example of um, dogfight, and it's really hard singing, and it was also written by Pasek and Paul, who were students and graduates of Michigan. But if you don't understand the Vietnam War, and what happened during the Vietnam War and how the Vietnam War changed this country, you're only going to be able to do that hard singing and not be able to bring to it a history and a fully developed character and understanding of what if what's going on in the show. Now, you just gave me an answer for why not to choose your school that made me want to choose your school even more. Now, that seems like cheating. It feels like you didn't answer the question. Like, that's a political answer. Here's the reason. It's cold in Michigan. Cold. That's an easy one. Come on. There you go. <laughs> um, I'd love to hear a little bit outside of the theater program, um, maybe even outside of just some of the academics we talked about. What do you feel like Michigan affords a prospective student? So is there anything outside of um, musical theater that feels like um, a positive that Michigan will bring to the table? Sure. Uh, we, we spoke about the academics already, but beyond that, it's a, it's a, a Big Ten university. So you're going to be um, brought in with a huge diversity of students from all over the world and be able to start understanding different cultures, different people, and different ways of life. You're going to be uh, exposed to incredibly top-notch artistic um, uh, performances that will be coming into the Ann Arbor, into Ann Arbor at the university that's being produced there. You're also going to get the college experience 
the college experience in one of those game days on a Saturday, being able to go to the, the big house, being able to watch one of the Michigan football games, being able to do so many of those classic college experiences is something that um, is something that's really wonderful being able to go to Michigan and you're living in a beautiful college town called Ann Arbor. Mm -hmm. And we always joke that at the end of the four years, the people that are the saddest are the parents because they don't get to go to Ann Arbor to visit their children anymore. I'd love to talk a little bit about, because I know your musical theater and acting schools is a little bit separate. How does does the acting program and the musical theater program um, relate, if it relates at all? And a little bit about um, if I were a prospective student who are interested in both, um, how that might work for me. Right. Uh, well, they are two, two separate departments. Therefore, they have two different admissions. You'd have to audition for the musical theater department or the, or the acting department. Now, once you've been accepted, then... The two departments are separate, but the musical theater um, students do take classes from the acting faculty. So you would be taking a Shakespeare class with somebody on the acting faculty. You'd be taking a a acting on camera with somebody on the acting uh, faculty. Uh, Playwriting, you can get into playwriting classes, somebody again in the theater department as opposed to the musical theater department. Very cool. Awesome. Um, If we can, let's turn a little bit to the audition. Uh, I know many of our students who are looking at um, beginning their college audition roadmap are starting to look forward at what this audition is going to be like. Uh, I'd love to hear just from your perspective, what do you think makes a great audition for Michigan? Well, this is a question that comes up so often. (laughs) It's it's what makes a great audition for anywhere. Not not specifically Michigan. It's It's preparation. It's having done that training. It's having... It's having worked with your teachers that are, you know, your teachers in high school, the teachers in your studios. Your studio has a world-class studio. Your, your studio has produced so many of our, of our students because they were prepared, because they knew what was expected of them in an audition. They knew how to prepare their music. They knew how to come in and present themselves. They knew how to dress they knew how to be comfortable in front of a panel of people. They knew um, they knew what what material was going to benefit them, and that's all really important stuff to do when you are auditioning. You know, we have the pre-screen first. Students that go through some of the really good departments or, or programs will have their pre-screens looked at so that they're not sending a pre-screen that's not prepared right. If you have a pre-screen where you're singing wrong notes, if you have a pre-screen where you are um, singing wrong words, lyrics, rhythms, all of that, it's going to it's going to reflect on you as a student and as somebody and as your work ethic. So, what we're looking for are people that are prepared and who and who are um, they're not with sloppy material but with material that has been worked on, that does not mean that you have to spend a lot of money on material and on, on trying to um, get that, that uh, material looked at, but you should always have it looked at by somebody that knows. And that's because that reflects on you. And that is something that we will see mm-hmm. when you come into the room. We're looking for, we're looking for technique. We are looking for technique. 
We want to hear you sing on pitch. We want to hear you sing with confidence. We want to hear you tell a story. Even though it may only be a really short amount of time that you have to do this, we want to know that you have an idea that you can get into a university without being the loudest singer in the world. <laughs> and that's, a, that's something that you know, we always say is that nobody ever got into Michigan by being the loudest. Uh, <laughs> then, then it goes on to being you. And when you come into that room, we want a real sense of the person. Now, it's an easy thing to say to somebody, just be yourself. But boy, I'm a lot older than trying to get into college. And if somebody said to me, just be yourself, I would be really confused. I wouldn't know where to begin at that. And that's, that's something that's direction that's given to high school kids very, very, very often. Mm-hmm. My, my way of looking at that would be, come in and share your work with us with joy. Mm-hmm. Share, your, share your life with us with joy. And that's going to be the person that you are that you, you love doing what you do, that you love um, doing the outside things rather than musical theater, that you love those, that you have um, empathy for other people, that you're going to bring an energy with you that's going to be with us for the four years that you're with us. So that for me is what is what I'm looking for when people say to you, just be yourself. Yeah, I think it's the just of just be yourself that I always quibble with. I'm like, there's no just about it. That's a very difficult thing to discover yourself at 17 years old. Okay, you know, that's a journey. I'm 17 and I shudder whenever I hear that. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to ask you my favorite question. It's actually a little bit about what you're talking about with technique versus the idea of being yourself. If you had to estimate, how much do you think of the decision in the room, the artistic decision, let's say, in the room is based on kind of technique and skill displayed in the material versus the intangibles of an interview or an adjustment given or an interaction that happens between? How much do you feel like in a percentage or in however you, you want to, to label it um, is each? Uh, wow, that's a really good question. That's a really, really good question because you know once you get in the room, the first thing that we're going to do is see you and see the way you walk in the room and walking in the room with confidence, walking in the room with a, with a purpose is going to already tell us a bunch. Then, then the next thing we're going to do is see you present your material. If you come in looking and seeming like a perfectly lovely person and all of that, but then you sing really, really, really off pitch. <laughs> it's just disappointing. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I can say it. It's just disappointing. So um, if you come in and you have all of that going for you and you sing really, you sing well, and but there seems to be something that we might be able to bring out of you, something that you that we can look at you and go, you know what, this person is just scared. They're coming into Michigan. They're a little overwhelmed. And now it's our uh, responsibility to make you feel comfortable. It's our responsibility to get to know you rather than you having to do all the work to try to show you. So that becomes the next layer on it. Um, And then you get a chance to do your stuff again because we will have given you some adjustments, possibly, and given you some work vocally. And then you get that chance to be able to do your work again. So 
I would say that you have to, uh, you can be the nicest person in the world, (laughs) but you need to have some technique and have done some work. Totally. So you need to have the technique. I would say that that rises in percentage a little bit higher than somebody that we would love to go out to have Starbucks with. (laughs) <laughs> um, and then for you guys, because I know uh, the academics will be a factor, how much of that is, is going to weigh in, you know, it could be percentage wise or, or just talk a little bit about how that relationship of the academics to the artistic decision um, ends up factoring in for your school. Yes, absolutely. We talked about, you know, we talked about Michigan and we talked about where it stands as far as public universities. So the academics are important. Uh, when we get down to the last 40 people, if we have, if we have 15, 1600 people, who have applied and we get down to the last 40 people and have to bring that down to 20. One of the things that we're going to look at is going to be your academics. Mm. They're going to be important and they are going to start to say, okay, we love this person. We love this person. This person is on this ranking academically. This person's on this ranking academically. This person is probably going to make the cut. So I would take a look at that. Mm-hmm. Our, our um, pre-screens even get viewed, not viewed, our, our um, applications get reviewed by the admissions department. And sometimes we don't even see the pre-screens if your uh, GPA isn't high enough. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do only because a lot of people wait until the last minute to send those pre-screens in. And so three days before, the, the admissions office may have gone 700. So they don't have to time to go through that 700 before they start sending over those um, pre-screens for us to watch. But it'll always be taken. It'll always be looked at and taken very seriously. So don't stop studying. <laughs> um, is there a, a piece of advice that you would want to give maybe a 16-year-old, 17-year-old who's just kind of starting out really looking at uh, um, beginning this process, um, especially as they, they look at Michigan um, specifically? Yeah. I would say that you're going into a really competitive field. And in that competitive field, you want to rise to the top. One of the ways that you're going to rise to the top is going to be through preparation, through learning. That does not mean that I'm trying to tell anybody to be myopic, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that we want you to just focus on musical theater. We want you to be a person that has this large life going on. And there's so much available to everybody right now. Look at the way the business is changing. We don't know when you graduate that this musical theater degree is going to be enough mm-hmm. for you. So we want to see that you are intellectually stimulated. We want to see that you are stimulated within your communities. We want to see that you're stimulated in sport. Um, now, I, I'm not saying everybody has to go out and play basketball or get on the football team, but that there's some other interests that is going on besides the person that can solely do 26 pirouettes. Mm-hmm. And 26, though, that'd be pretty good. It, it, it's coming to that place, boy. When I first started, people <laughs> used to do three and everybody would cheer. And now it's like 12. Um, I'm still working on my first. I mean, I'll take yeah. the three. It sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> but, that's, but that's going to be something you want to live a life. You want to live a full life. But mm-hmm. within that full life, Make sure that you've carved out some time to be able to prepare for what your next stage in life is going to be. 
Um, well, you segue us perfectly. I want to talk just a little bit um, in contemplation and wrapping up here um, to talk just a little bit about um, some of the specific challenges of 2021 um, and beyond um, in sort of how Michigan has been preparing to kind of meet the moment of, you know, both the demands for racial equity, um, but then also kind of the demands of a virtual world. And what about that maybe changing in our industry? So um, I'd love to hear a little bit about what Michigan has done and where maybe you think you're you're going. Sure. I think that it's, I think it's much more in terms of the evolution of how we are evolving as far as a university and as far as a department, uh, both in the virtual world and in diversity. Uh, one of the things I did write down before I knew I was talking to you, because I wanted to make sure that I hit these points, is mm -hmm. that we have brought a, a, an action plan by the students and the faculty for your input in the diversity, equality, inclusion, and anti-racism. And the bullet points that we came upon here, that the curriculum, we're working towards decolonizing the curriculum. Mm -hmm. We're working towards broadening the, um, the material so that the material is, has a larger scope. We're working on training opportunities for the faculty and the students so that we're bringing people in for training. We're, we're listening to diversity training. We're taking diversity mm -hmm. training through the university. We have classes that we all have to take. And that's been one of the things that's, it's all revving up. You know, we started it mm -hmm. last year, but last year with Zoom and everything else, we did a lot of the classes, we did a lot of the guest speakers, and now we're putting them actually into effect that this is the way that we will be moving forward. Uh, we're diversifying the faculty. And that's on a, that's on a plan, an ongoing plan, that, that that faculty will be diverse. Also, the guest speakers. We're bringing in more guest speakers. And that goes with the education, so that we're all being educated in anti-racism, in diversity, and how all well that's going to improve us as a department. Um, we also have now required credits that you're going to need to graduate on anti-racism. Um, mm -hmm. We have uh, plans for how we're going to try to bring in more underserved communities for the auditions and try to do outreach to make sure that those students are ready for the auditions. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're in the process of, um, like I said, increasing the representation of faculty. And um, one of the other things is that as we increase the faculty, there's a, uh, a course called Stride, and that is every person that's on a search committee for new faculty has to take this course. And that, the idea of that course is to minimize the biases that go into a search committee looking for new faculty members and to be able to broaden your, broaden your, um, your visions on who can come into that university and who can bring us into the next decades and into our future and how that's going to evolve. So um, that, those are all things that are actively, actively happening now. Um, and then I'd love to hear anything about the, the sort oh, of virtual world too, in ter virtual. terms of how things oh, have been changing God. in the Zoom. I have no idea because we're just going, <laughs> we're running by the seat of our pants on that one. All year last year, we were on, um, we were on Zoom. And the interesting thing about it is that I found that we were, um, we, the teaching was good. You know, the students were reacting. You know, I'm not saying the teaching mm -hmm. was good. I'm just saying that the teaching aspect <laughs> of it was good. 
it was such a different world to be able to be right in the eyes of those people on that Zoom camera. And they couldn't get away with anything. As soon as we saw anything going on in those eyes that was not connected, it was like we were jumping on them. And that's not something that we always saw when we were in the studio. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it was a wasted year at all. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's a year that any, that any of us want to go through again. Mm-hmm. But I think that now we're learning this hybrid thing that we will be using Zoom more. We will be using class more. Um, as far as moving forward, we now have educated ourselves through bringing professionals in on the next stage of what these students' lives is going to be, which is going to be video auditions. It's submitting videos. Mm-hmm. So it's, well, it's really, yeah, it's a beautiful way of sort of catching up with where the business has been for a couple of years already. Most of these auditions they do, you know, my partner booked what will be hopefully a Tony Award winning role from a video. She never, you know, she never walked in, never met any of these people in person until, the, you know, actually the first day of rehearsal, right? That's not uncommon at all, even in the musical theater world. Certainly true in the TV and film world. Which musical theater students are being more and more engaged in? You know, mm-hmm. our students now are picking up pilots and TV shows, HBO shows, Netflix shows in a greater, a greater a number than they ever had before, which has made us change our curriculum and bring in different guest artists to be able to tell them about here's some of the things in the profession that is happening with the virtual world. Mm. Specifically, do you guys see yourself doing um, virtual auditions moving forward you know, into the future? It, nothing has been planned yet. Um, what I, I would imagine is going to happen is that they will be live auditions and then you will have the opportunity if you want to have a virtual audition that there'll be time set aside. But please, don't don't quote me on that. Anybody that's listening, this is just what I... <laughs> this is May 13th, 2021. Yeah. Things exactly. could change. <laughs> so, so I think it'll be a hybrid. That it will be in, in person and on video. Hmm. Awesome. Um, any final thoughts? Anything else that we didn't get to hit? Anything on that note card that you said, oh, I really wanted to say this, um, that we didn't get to, to get to? The social media aspect. Yeah, please. Well, let's go into it. Yeah, what, what, what do you want to hit in the social media world? That there is a social media world that's really important. And that social media world is no longer a playground. Mm. It's become, it's become a, a, a place that you present yourself and everybody is watching. Mm. You know, when you get accepted to Michigan, I know that your social media will be looked at if you're being seriously considered. And if your social media is is filled with things that are not presenting you in a very positive, good light, mm. that's going to be something else that we take into consideration, that will be taken into consideration. And that stuff doesn't go away. And when you start getting jobs, our students, we are constantly talking to about social media because the professional world is doing the exact same thing and looking at what's on your social media. So... We've created a monster. It's so true. I, I was joking the other day. My my partner posted about our pregnancy, and then all of a sudden, it was in the New York Times. And I was like, okay. "How did that happen?" Like, like from social media, we didn't do a press release. Like, what is this? There you go. Just you, someone grabs a thing, you do a thing, and all of a sudden, boom! It's just it's out there. It's in the world. It's it's emanating outward. Yeah. See that that would be something that I would like to see on Facebook. <laughs> on Facebook, it's nice, right? A little like, thumbs up, perfect. <laughs> 
Um, awesome, man. Thank you so much for the time. It was such a pleasure getting to chat with you. No, thank you. Thank you both. It was really terrific to be there. And anything you need, let me know. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Mark as much as Megan and I did. We had a great time chatting with him. Um, just a little bit of a deeper dive on something that came up today. Uh, Mark and I were both talking about that idea of just being yourself. Um, and Mark mentioned this is something that you know, so many students are frustrated when they hear that. And boy, I have seen that with our own students. You know, they get that advice and they go, okay, it's, it's harder than it looks, right? It's much easier said than done to just be yourself. I really love something he said about uh, it being the faculty's job as well to sort of help discover who that person is, right? That you don't have to come in at 17 years old as like this fully realized self being machine. Um, but I think it is sometimes helpful if you're on that journey of trying of self-discovery, you know, and that you're trying to, to be yourself, if you think of that as a little bit more of an active state of action, you know, rather than sort of a passive, am, am I being this or not? Um, I think it is something that you're on the hunt for. It's, it's not, a, not a place that you've arrived at. Um, one of the, your jobs as an actor is to try to remove the obstacles and the barriers and all those little self-defense mechanisms that are going to want to present this perfect version of yourself, which is also something that's not truthful, right? As an actor, so often, you know, we, we go up there and go, I want them to see my best side. Are they seeing my good side? And in doing that, they're going to be seeing a false side, right? They're seeing a mask that you're putting on instead of getting to see what you're actually like. Um, it's really brave and terrifying to kind of stand nakedly in the audition room. I don't mean literally naked. I'm not asking you to literally be naked in your audition rooms, but to remove those masks and share your kind of open soul in an audition room. It's the goal that all actors are looking for. And boy, is it hard, right? It's incredibly vulnerable, but it also like takes a lot of hard work. It's, it's not the kind of work that you maybe go to the gym to do, right? It's not like you can be like, yep, just working on my vulnerability here. But that's the work that we do. Certainly it's work you do with your coaches at MTCA, but it's the work you do as you're diving deeper into your monologue and you're exploring, right? You're removing layers as opposed to putting more and more on, right? Sometimes you're going, how do I bring more and more of myself to this piece, which is going to mean deeper and deeper work. So that's why you heard us reeling on the idea of just, because there's no just about it. Boy, that is a very difficult thing to do uh, and not something that you have to be perfect at. Um, well, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more of my rambling, please hit that follow button or subscribe. Um, we appreciate you. If you were to rate and review us where you found us, we love a five stars, no less than like 4.7. If you just round it up to five, we'll be happy. Um, you can also reach out to us with questions for the pod at mailbag at mappingthecollegeaudition.com. And we'll try to answer a few of them on the show each week. If you happen to be interested in working with MTCA for help with your individual preparation for your college audition journey, please check us out at mtcollegeauditions.com. To my young artists out there mapping their journey, keep sharing that work with joy. wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 